Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 13th chapter. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Were those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He, the gardener, replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. The gospel of the Lord. So let me just get it out of the way right at the start. That is just a weird text, right? I mean, like, like, I'm just trying to figure out why they wanted us to read this one. They're like, hey, what are the Galileans mingled with the sacrifices and the tower has fallen down and the people dying and repenting and then there's a fig tree, amen. It's just sort of a bizarre text. And so, so we're gonna have to just take a step back and think what is the bigger question that they're asking? What is the larger question that's happening in this? It seems that there were some uh, Galileans that, that had been killed and then a, a part of their blood was mixed into the sacrifices of the Romans, uh, Pilate. And so the questions that they're asking is, is sort of like, what did they do wrong that God would punish them like this? And Jesus is like, well, that's sort of a silly question. Like, is it any different than like a random tower that fell down and killed 18 people? Do you think that like, these things happen because one thing is worse than another. You're thinking and you're in the wrong ways. You see, the question that they're really pondering is this, over, this bigger question, this larger question that is, that is basically this. Why do bad things happen? Why do bad things? And, and often we'll say, why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? It's this big, big word called theodicy. Why, why do things happen? Mostly it's because for a long time, since the founding of religion, if you were to believe that there is a force, a power in the universe moving and flowing that, that is able to control and be in, be in charge of things and there's a power in charge of all of these things, then when good things happen, it must be because you're doing something right and when bad things happen, you must be doing something wrong. So then it there logically applies that if something bad is happening to you, you're gonna have to hurry up and do something to make God happy until, and so that you can keep God from killing you, right? That you're going to spend the rest of your time trying to make God happy. So if you get sick, you did something wrong and you better make God happy. Or if things are going fine, then, then God must be happy and you must be holding, holding the fort in goodness, right? 
And we've been living this kind of question for a long time. It starts with that false notion that God thinks God's job is to mingle and mess with all of us. And that God is this there to try to teach us all some sort of cosmic lesson all the time. It's, it really comes down to understanding that, that God's position is not what we think it is. It's why the entire book of Job was written. Job is actually this long parable about this guy who did nothing wrong and yet his whole life fell apart. And then all his friends come to him and say, well, you must've did something wrong. And he's like, I didn't do anything. Like, that can't be true. You must've done something wrong. And he's like, I did nothing. I did nothing. And they're like, come on, man, just admit it. Curse God and die. And he's like, I did nothing. It's this long parable that is pointing us to something that might be controversial, might be hard to hear. You see, we have so integrated into this concept that, that God is out there kind of as this big puppeteer out there manipulating the world and trying to make bad things happen to us, that we invent these phrases that, that in the end are really hurtful. Things like, have you ever heard the phrase, everything happens for a reason, right? Have you heard that one? Like, like, I just lost my spouse. Well, everything happens for a reason. Like, God's like, I, I have a reason for this. Does that make sense to you? Or, or have you ever heard the one, um, God has a plan? Usually we mean that, like, God did this to you, so there must be some plan. So the reason you got cancer is because God has a plan for that. Does that sound right? Or um, God just needed another little angel. I've heard that one when somebody dies. Like God's like, hey, I need another angel, so let me kill that one, right? There's something broken with that. It just sounds weird now that you hear it that way, right? That these things, you see, I think the problem is that we have this concept that God is doing these things, but I don't think it works that way. And that's never been the story of God. I mean, if God's job, if God's whole job is just to prevent bad stuff from happening to us. So like, like if God is some sort of like holy goalie who's kind of like in the way between bad stuff's coming and God's like, pew, 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 you know, just trying to keep the bad things from happening to us. Our God is terrible and is doing a lousy job, right? Because bad things keep happening. Or is that just me? Y'all seem like unconvinced by this. I mean, you see the bad things happening in the world, Right? That if God's whole job is just to get in the way, our God is lousy. But this is never the image or picture of what God is actually telling us and has told us from the beginning. See, God never postulated God's self as the one to manipulate the world. But what God promises and has always promised is not that we avoid suffering, that we avoid woundedness, that we avoid pain in our lives. But God has always promised to be with us, even in our pain that God promised to be a partner with us in the hardest times in our life, that God said, ah, when you are going through the darkest moments, I will be with you. I mean, how many of you know the Psalm, Psalm 23? We read it at a lot of funerals. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. God makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, restores my soul. But then it says this interesting part. It says, yes, even though I walk where? through the valley of the shadow of death. Notice it doesn't say around the valley of the shadow of death. You know, even though God doesn't pick me up and hovers me over the valley of death and sets me down safely on the other side, God says, when you're in the valley, when you're in the darkest 
moment. I am with you. In that valley, I am with you. And not only that, but it says that I set a feast in the presence of your enemy, of the things that harm and hurt. I set a feast. And my rod, my staff are there to comfort you and guide you and and walk with you. See, God has always promised partnership. Someone to walk with us in our hard times, never to protect us and keep those bad things from happening because honestly, everything happens. The reason bad stuff happens to good people and good stuff happens to bad people is because stuff happens. It just happens. It's life. We're all going to experience pain. We're all going to experience joy. These things are part of living the human experience and none of us get out of it. We've all punched that ticket. What God does is promises us that we won't be alone in that journey. That God instead becomes a partner, walking with us, surrounding us, being in the presence of those places, gathering people around us to support, love, and heal us. That God is not avoiding, but God is operating towards healing. I mean, if God's whole purpose, if God's whole vision is to avoid pain and woundedness and hurt, then the cross makes no sense. The cross is silly. I mean, if Jesus can't avoid being flogged in pain and died, what chance you got? Right? But Jesus sees in the pain and the woundedness, not the end of the story, but of the restoration and reconciliation and resurrection that happens after the pain. That God sees us, knows us, that Jesus intimately knows what it means and feels like to be wounded. Jesus didn't, avoid it. Jesus grappled it with both hands and then used those things for healing that Jesus held up his own hands, his own wounds and said, see, see, through wounds, we know healing. Through wounds, we know healing. We want to make God the operator of the dark things in this world. But I'm just here to tell you that's not how God works. God works solely through love and life. God's job is not death. God's job is love and life. God's job is resurrection. God's job is to help and heal. That is what God does. And not all the messy things in between. Are you with me? See, here's maybe a simpler way to put it. Last, about January of 2020, I tore my meniscus. And I wanted to know why. Why did I tear my meniscus? I was out for a run. I didn't stumble. I didn't trip. I didn't step on a rock. I didn't fall off a cliff. I didn't do anything. I was just running. And then I felt in my knee. And suddenly I couldn't walk and my wife had to come pick me up. And so I went to the doctor. I said, why did this happen? I was running normal. I'm flexible. I stretch. I do yoga. I'm in dad bods for God's sake. I mean, we do all of this good work to keep myself healthy and safe and sane. Why did I tear my meniscus? He said, I'll tell you why. You turned 48. (laughs) It just happens. It just happened. A bad thing happened. But I'll tell you where I saw God. God was in my friend, Stu Wilson, who was at Elevate Physical Therapy and Coaching. And when I didn't know what was going on with my knee, Stu came alongside me. 
and we worked towards my health. I, I went and visited with him and he, and he helped me learn how to walk and to, to correct my gait and to, to try to strengthen around things. And as we worked on it and got to the point where we realized that we were gonna have to do surgery, he was there with me after surgery to, to continue to help me grow and get healthy again. See, God didn't cause my meniscus, but God was a partner with me through someone like Stu to help me, to help me heal and to get better. Now that's a small thing, that's a small thing. But if you think about that in the way that God operates, God operates in those places where people are walking beside people who need help. I see God in my friends through the Haitian Tamoon Foundation. Things in Haiti are so hard, but God did not create that. What God does is God comes through people like these and brings life, health, and healing to the people who are suffering. Do you see this? That God is present in the ways in which we are helping and healing others. I, God is present in the, in the life of a woman here whose father flew to Poland to help people who are coming across the border in the Poland-Ukrainian border and helping those refugees. God is present there in bringing life and help and healing. God is not the one arbitrating and creating this pain. God is there bringing life and health and healing and partnering with those people who are suffering and the oppressed so that they will know and understand life and healing. Are you with me? God does not need to mess up the world to make things worse to teach us a lesson. We're good at that on our own. We don't need any help. But what God does is God says, I'm gonna be with you in that pain, I'm gonna walk with you. I don't know why the Galileans mixed blood. I don't know why the tower fell, but what I know is that God was there with them, partnering with them, walking with them, and is surrounding people in their darkest, hardest times. Jesus knows what it means to be wounded, and we have wounds ourselves. And here's then the good news. Those wounds that you might have experienced, those wounds that you might have felt in your lives, now these are wounds that can actually heal others. The experiences you have, the, the things that you've learned through your wounds, the scars that have taught you a lesson, these are things that you can do to help and guide others. So that when they come to you and they say, I can't believe that this is happening to you, it's happening to me, you can say, it's happened to me too, and I understand, and let me walk with you and partner with you and bring healing because I bear those same wounds. Do you follow? You follow? So wounded brothers and sisters, may you bear them with pride. May you bear them with strength and courage. And may you know that God was with you, God is with you, and God will be with you in every hard time. We're going to take a moment for some contemplative prayer. Um, as we gather over music, I want you to be thinking about a time when you felt very alone, abandoned, where you felt like, like people, like you just weren't sure where God was in that moment. And we're gonna spend some time breathing and praying through that moment together. <laughs>